0: As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here Monday through Friday as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to start this today uh, together, Lord, as your family, as brothers, as sisters, during this Daniel fast. Lord, to seek your face, uh, to seek to know you better, Lord, to draw closer to you. And Lord, we just thank you for your word, uh, that it's a channel through which we can connect with you. And we just ask, Father, through your Holy Spirit, that you breathe on this chapter, Acts 14. And Lord, I just pray for each of us uh, that you would just underscore uh, those verses that we need to hear personally, uh, that that we need to uh, apply in our own lives. So Lord, we give you this time and we thank you ahead of time for speaking to each one. And it's in your name we ask it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, away we go. Acts chapter 14. It came about, that in Iconium, they, that would be Paul and Barnabas, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together. They spoke in such a manner that a great multitude believed, both of Jews and of Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, Who is bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and to stone them, they became aware of it and they fled to the cities of Lyconia, Lystra and Derb and the surrounding region. And there they continued to preach the gospel. And at Lystra, there was sitting a certain man without strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke. But when he had fixed his gaze upon him, and had seen faith in him to be made well, Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up, and he began to walk. And when the multitude saw what Paul had done, they raised their voice, saying in the Laconian language, The gods have become like men and have come down to us. And they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priests of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their robes. They rushed out in the crowd, crying out and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you, and preach the gospel to you in order that you should turn from these vain things to a living God, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them. And in the generations gone by, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways. And Yet he did not leave himself without witness, and that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And even saying these things, they would difficultly restrain the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. From having one of them, they dragged him out of the city, posing him to be dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he arose and entered the city. And the next day he went away with Barnabas to Derb. And after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed, and they passed through Piscesia, and came into Pamphyria. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attala. From there, they sailed to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had accomplished. And when they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them, and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they spent a long time with the disciples. Okay, there we go. And I don't know let me see what is going on with my crazy thing here. Mike, is are you seeing me jumping around, flickinging around with the picture? Yes, sir. You are uh, Max headwarming it out. If anybody knows what that references to, but your sound is coming through clear. I'm not sure. Okay, let's let's see. Hopefully, is that better? Yep, you did it. Really <laughs> okay, I don't know what was going on there, but uh, hopefully, it's going to stay stable. Okay. As we're looking at this chapter, I think I see five distinct points. Uh, one is uh everywhere Paul went, he had one mission in a sense that was primary to him, and that was to preach the gospel. That's number one. Number two, uh, when Paul preached the gospel, uh oh my, here we go. Let's see here. I wanted, Kathy, if I could jump on Mike, maybe I'd jump on to Kathy's thing. Uh and get off of this one. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would be helpful um, so that when they repost it, it's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah video quality. Know. You guys do a quick switch up oh, there. It's working now. Yeah, I don't know. Let's try it one more time and I'll jump over if this acts up again. You check your <laughs> connections. Any, any of your wires Maybe be loose on the camera, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with it, but let's just hope it behaves itself. Okay. Okay, so there we go. Okay, um, so Paul, everywhere he went, he preached the gospel. Number two, when he went, he always depended on the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver the gospel. He didn't do it in his own power and oath. He looked for God to anoint the words that he spoke. The third point uh, is many times wherever Paul went, uh, he met with resistance. Uh, we're going to see that may happen to us as Christians as well. And number four, Paul not only sought to bring people to Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, okay, I think, let me jump over, Mike, and see if I can go to this other one. Just one sec, okay? I'm going to mute that computer, and I'll unmute the other one. Well, he shut it down completely. Give us a second. We uh, deal with these technical difficulties this morning. Here it comes now. Get it unmuted. There, there we go. We can you hear it now? Yes, we can hear you now. Okay, you can switch voices. Okay. Okay, let's give it a shot again here. Okay, let's try again. Uh, so, <clears throat> the fourth thing uh, is Paul not only brought people to Christ, uh, but he also sought to strengthen them <clears throat> in the faith so that they could be fully mature believers. And the fifth point uh, is Paul raised up leaders <clears throat> wherever he went, and a congregation began to form. He always made sure there was leaders to give guidance and direction. So let's take a minute. Uh, and let's look at each of these. Okay, so number one, anywhere Paul went, he preached the good news. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today uh, in Acts 14, but some other ones, but if you can follow along, I think it would be helpful. So, uh, if you look at 14.1, what was Paul's goal in Iconium? And it came about... Uh, That in Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together, and they spoke in such a manner that a great multitude believed both of the Jews and of the Greeks. So they got together, and Paul's first thing is he spoke to them the message of the gospel. If you look at 14 and verse 15, uh, he's going to the next place, uh, and Lystra. And what he does there is the same thing. He says, this, here's his intro. Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you. And here it is. And we preach the gospel to you. We preach the gospel to you. When he went to Derb, uh, he did the same thing. Uh, it says, verse 20. Uh, the next day, he went away with Barnabas to Derb. And after they had preached the gospel to that city, So there you are. Everywhere, Paul had one message, and it was the gospel, and the gospel is good news. And they needed good news back then in Bible days. And guess what, folks? We need good news as well, every one of us. Uh, And the good news, okay, you might say, okay, what is the good news? And Paul tells us right here uh, in verse three what the good news is. Uh, Therefore, they spend a long time there speaking boldly with lions upon the Lord. We'll look at that in a minute. Who is bearing witness to the word of his grace. So, folks, there's the good news. The word of his grace. Grace. We've all heard the the hymn, Amazing Grace. Okay. So, (laughs) basically, uh, the good news is that we can't earn our salvation. So often people try to do so many good deeds. If I go to church, if I give money to the church, if I do this, I do. It's do, 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 do. I'm going to work to try to get peace with God and connect with God. Uh, That's not grace. Uh, Grace is the exact opposite. Grace literally is a gift. Uh, It's not do. What we do, it's done. What God has accomplished for us. God on the cross through Jesus did for us what we can't do for ourselves. On the cross, he dealt with our sin. On the cross, he purchased forgiveness. On the cross, he enables us to have peace with his Father. It's all what Jesus has done. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It's through me that you get right with God. So we need to realize uh, it's not struggling. It's not laboring to connect with God. It's receiving in a childlike way by faith, the good news of what God did for us. But let me add this, and I think it's really important. So often uh, in the good news we hear of salvation, Jesus died for us. Great. I believe it. But I think there's another side of the coin that is so important. Uh, To be truly a born again believer is not just believing that Jesus died, it's turning from our old ways and turning to the Lord. Uh, Basically, if you look at verse 15, uh, there is a statement here Paul says, uh, If you look, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you, and we preach the gospel to you. Here it is, here it is, in order that you should turn from these vain things. The word turn there is in a sense, repent. Repent. Turn away from your old lifestyle. Turn away from your selfishness. Turn away from doing your thing, your own thing, and turn toward God and serve him. So basically, I don't think we can fully have Jesus as our savior unless we're willing to make him our Lord. So that's a big deal. And if by any chance, uh, someone on the screen here has never made that commitment to Christ, or maybe you've been trying to earn your way, uh, by being a good person, uh, we can never be good enough. We've all sinned. The Bible said we've all fallen short and we need the grace of God. We need the gift of salvation. So that's a big deal for Paul. He wanted to make sure wherever he went he not just talk about the weather or the trifles of this or that he wanted to make sure they heard the most important lesson they could learn which is hearing what god did for them through jesus christ so okay so that's number 1 everywhere paul went he preached the good news uh number 2 uh paul did not count on his own human wisdom and abilities or oratorio to drive the gospel home he didn't Depended his efforts, he depended on the power of God's anointing on him through the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, basically, uh, not only I think Paul would say, are we saved by grace, but we minister by grace, not in our own efforts, not in our own struggle and our own power. Um, if you look, uh, there is a verse um basically in Verse, let me see, 14 here. And toward the end of 14, 27. Let's see. Okay. Uh, And when they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all the things God had done with them and how he had opened the door to the Gentiles. And backing up one more verse 2 to 26. Uh, And from there, they sailed to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had uh, been accomplished. They commended to the grace of God. As they were sent out, this home group there in Antioch sent Paul and said, We're praying for God's grace to be upon you so that you will be enabled by that grace to preach the gospel with power and with might and with boldness under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what's interesting, uh, Paul is saying, uh, basically, it's not us that make this thing happen. In fact, he gives a testimony. If you look at verse 15, uh, I'm bouncing around here, but it drives the point home. Uh, As these people are, are almost worshiping Paul and Barnabas as gods because they had just done a miracle, Paul says, no, 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 no. We are not gods. Is not about us. And he makes a statement here in 15. We are also men of the same nature as you. And we preach the gospel to you. We're men of the same nature. He said, we're humans. We are nothing special in our own abilities. No, no, no. We can't do it. Uh, and then uh, again, back to verse 27. Uh, it says, he says, he began to report all the things that, here it is, God had done with them, and how God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So what I hear Paul saying is, Paul and Barnabas, we didn't do it in our own abilities to speak, in our our own cleverness, in our own uh, ability to make the gospel clear. No, no, no. It's what God did with us. So I think too many of us And this is really a very important point, probably one of the most important points I want to say. Uh, Basically, as followers of Christ, we are not to work for God. Okay? Let me say it again. As followers of Christ, we are not to work for God, but with God. The idea for God is I'm going to work, I'm going to labor, I'm going to strain. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this on my abilities, on my power. That's working for God, and it's very frustrating and it will wear you out. Paul said, No, 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 no. We don't work for God, we work with Him. We are literally an open channel for God to work through us. It's not us straining, it's not us laboring, it's not us trying. It's more I'm relaxing, and Father, I'm asking you through the Holy Spirit work through the words I speak and the deeds I do so basically I think Paul's just saying we're going to step out of the way we're just channels we're not the source it's not something we do in our own ability and power no we are only channels of what God wants to do in us and through us and I think what's important is that's the way Jesus lived Uh, He modeled that when he walked the earth on how to minister. If you remember, uh, I'm just going to read the verse. You might want to jot it down. John 5, 19. Listen to what Jesus said. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Get that. The Son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. So what I hear Jesus saying there is, I'm not doing it on my own human abilities and human power. Jesus said, I I see what the Father's doing, and he communicates that to me through the Holy Spirit. And when I see what the Father's doing in the power of the Spirit, then I'll speak it, and then I'll do it. So again... Uh, Paul and Barnabas are saying, "No, we're not doing this gospel in our own abilities. We're trusting God to work through us, to work with us through the person of the Holy Spirit." Uh, and if you want to know how this all works in a very practical way, I would really encourage you to do a study called "Experiencing God" by Henry Blackaby. I don't know if that's going to be in one of the Connect groups. This this uh, Semester coming up. If you've never done it, I would definitely do it because Blackaby basically says there's three important things. We need to fellowship with God. As we fellowship with God, we begin to hear his voice. And when we hear his voice, we have to obey his voice. That's it in a nutshell. Uh, and that's the way Jesus operated. He operated in an intimacy with the Father, he heard the Father, and then he did what the father told him to do. Now when that happens, something happens very powerfully. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, things begin to change. Uh, If you look at uh, Acts 14, my translation, uh, I don't know, it's in italics, it may not be in yours, uh, but talking about Paul and Barnabas, it says verse three, therefore they spent a long time there speaking boldly, here it is, with reliance upon the Lord speaking boldly how with reliance they weren't depending on their thoughts their abilities they were relying they were leaning into the Lord Lord were a channel work through us and I I, I was intrigued by this idea of boldness And I just want to give you some verses in the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. It's my favorite book because I believe it shows what God can do in a church that is fully yielded to the power and person of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know what boldness is about, if you look at Acts 2, you'll see Pentecost happens. And literally, the disciples are so filled with the presence of God, they burst out of the upper room, and they go out, and what do they do? Naturally, they preach the good news. But there is tremendous, tremendous boldness. Uh, If you look at, and I'm just going to give you some, I probably, I'm just going to give you the verses. You can look them up. I'm going to read them real quick. But again, looking at what God can do through a yielded vessel, uh, in chapter 4 of Acts 13, uh, the disciples preached the gospel as they did. They were persecuted. And this is uh, 4.13, now as they observe the confidence of Peter and John, and they understood they were uneducated and untrained men. They were marveling and they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Okay. They're on un- Peter and John are fishermen. They're not great artists and yet the power of the spirit was working boldly through these simple fishermen. Uh in Acts 4:29. Again, the disciples are being persecuted. They pray this prayer. Listen to it. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. This is the people that are giving them a hard time, the Jewish leaders. Grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence, while thou dost extend thy hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of thy holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. There is the key to boldness. Don't seek boldness in itself. Boldness comes when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you. Boldness happens. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can be a gentle dove, but he can be bold like a mighty rushing wind. Uh, And as we yield to him, and that's the secret of the book of Acts, these people were so wide open to the person of the Spirit that there was no hindrance in them. And the Spirit had a full sway through them. And as he did that, there was this amazing boldness to proclaim the gospel uh another one in acts 9 uh and verse uh, 27 and 28 uh <clears throat> talking about paul again he had spoken out boldly in the name of jesus and he was with them moving about freely in jerusalem here it is speaking out boldly in the name of jesus uh in acts 13 another one uh Thirteen forty-six, and Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, and they said, and again, they speak the gospel. And Acts 18, another one, Acts 18, 26, another fellow by the name of Apollos, it said, he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. Uh, in Acts 19, verse 8. Uh, talking about Paul, he entered the synagogue, and he continued speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning with the Jews. Uh, Basically, uh, if you want to see the boldness of Paul, uh, what's amazing, back in chapter 14, Paul is one spunky guy, okay? Uh, Look at this, verse uh, 19 on chapter 14, and Jews came from from Iconium and, and uh, Iconium, having won over the multitudes, they stoned Paul. They dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he arose and entered the city. So guess what? Here he is. He stoned. Uh, he could have been dead or near dead. The disciples get around him. And look at this spunky guy. Um, while the disciples stood around, he arose and he entered the city, uh, He went back to the city in which he was stoned. Now, that's some kind of boldness. Uh, That's something that you just don't crank out, look in the mirror and say, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be bold. No, the spirit had such a control of Paul that he just kept on going. Uh, Just let me say one other side note here in regards to boldness. Uh, As we look at the Bible, it seems many times when boldness happens and the gospel is preached, God does something special. If you look at fourteen three, therefore they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who is bearing. Here it is bearing witness to the word of what we talked. What is it? His grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by the hands of the disciples. And my conviction is, as we get closer and closer to the coming of Christ again, that God is going to more and more begin to bear witness to the preaching with more and more signs and wonders, with healings, with miracles. Uh, And I think even Pastor Brennan made mention that the other week, uh, that as we draw closer to God, it's a supernatural God that can do supernatural things. And also, uh, again, looking at what God can do to bear witness to his grace, we see in uh, 14, 8, 9, here's this man, basically lame uh, from his mother's womb, And here he ends up walking, a miracle happens, and that's a setup to preach the gospel. It's an amazing thing, because Paul can basically say, our God is a strong God, he can do this, and people are ready to listen, because they've actually seen that God in action, and when they see him in action, basically they say, hey, I want to hear about the message that talks about this person. Okay, so Paul preaches the gospel, number one. Number two, he always does it in dependence on the Holy Spirit, and that's a model for us. Uh, and if we, if we feel that we need to be bolder, just let the Holy Spirit have a greater control of your life. The more he controls us, the more things begin to happen. Uh, I think what we can also see uh, is that when we preach the gospel back then or today, there many times will be resistance. Satan does not like the gospel being preached. And he will do everything to try to shut it down. Uh, look here at 14.1. Uh, I came about that they entered Iconium. They entered the synagogue of the Jews together. They spoke in such a manner that a great multitude believed both of Jews and Greece. Tremendous move of the spirit. Verse 2. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. So again, right off the bat, right off the bat, there is persecution. If you look at uh, four and five, when persecution happens, something happens to the group of people. Verse four, but the multitude of the city was divided; some sided with the Jews, some with the apostles, Uh, and and the uh, people that are against the disciples are. I mean, they're hot and they're angry. Uh, Notice what happens here, verse five, and when an attempt was made by both the Jews, I mean, the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers. To mistreat them and to stone them, they became aware of it. So there's such resistance that the people want to literally stone them. And guess who's behind that? The devil. He's doing everything he can through unbelievers to try to stamp out the gospel. So this idea of persecution uh, is not a new deal. Jesus, all through his ministry, preached what? The gospel, the good news. And not everybody enjoyed what Jesus did. Some people came to Christ, but there was a lot of opposition. And listen to what Jesus says. This is in John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it is hated to me before it hated you. If you were the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they'll keep yours also. So Jesus is basically saying, guess what? Don't be surprised. Not everybody's going to jump for joy when you share the good news. Some people are not going to want to hear it. And in fact, they're not not going to want to hear it. They're going to try to shut up anybody that is preaching the gospel. And just a P.S., uh, when we're persecuted, what did Jesus say? Matthew 5 and verse 14. Love your enemies. Oh, I'm sorry. It looks like uh, Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Okay. Paul preaches the gospel. He does it in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be either I'm for it or I'm against it. Very few people stay neutral in gray. Either you're going to want the gospel or you're going to hate it. Uh, and then number four uh, here is: not only did Paul bring people to Christ, he made sure they grew. Okay, really important concept. He just didn't leave them as babies. Wash his hands. Say, okay, you're a Christian. Go, go, give it your best shot. No, 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 no. Uh, if you look at verse 42. We're back in Acts 14. Acts 14 and verse 22. uh, It says this, Paul was strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. Paul was strengthening them. He was trying to give them milk and meat. He wanted them to grow strong. And and, in chapter 14, he doesn't give us specifically how to do that but if you look at the book of acts i think paul would say to these young believers there's four things you need to do and what he said to them back then is really i think what paul would say to you and i today if he found a new believer <clears throat> he'd say number 1 read the word of god and that's a beautiful start we're doing today uh that we're having the ability to open god's word and to be able to study it so we need to read god's word paul would say i think paul would say also pray Make sure you develop a prayer life with the Lord, uh, that you're in touch and connected with him, not just as you start today, but bring him into the day, walk with him, talk with him through the day. I think Paul would say, number three, make sure you go into public worship, get together with other believers uh, uh, and a public worship, come together. And then I think uh, Paul would say, hey, join connect groups. I'm not sure he had that word back then. Uh, He'd say gather with believers in their homes. But Paul would say we need small groups. Uh, Can we just slow him down a little bit? Uh, That's my dog in the background. Sorry about that. Uh, So basically, uh, the connect groups would be to get in small little groups together. And I would encourage you if you've not uh, thought about doing that coming up, uh, definitely do that. Uh, definitely make an effort to join a small group because that's where we can really grow and get strong in the Lord. Uh, As we begin to wrap up, let me just say a couple other things. Um, Paul didn't water down the idea of growing in the Lord and say, hey, you know, you're going to make a commitment to Jesus and everything's going to be rosy down the road. Um, And sometimes we almost get that impression, make a commitment to Jesus. Everything's going to be just ducky from then on. Paul didn't say that. Uh, Notice what he said here very clearly, again, in verse 22. He said he's strengthening the souls of the, the believers, encouraging them. And then he said this, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. He's warning him straight up. There's going to be tribulations. And by the way, not only did Paul say that, uh, Jesus said the same thing in John 16, He says, in the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. So both of them, Jesus and Paul are saying, life is not going to be easy. There's going to be trials. There's going to be hardships. Let me just warn you ahead of time, both Paul and Jesus are saying that. And what I understand from what I've seen, at least in my life and many others, tribulations, why does God allow these hard times? I think he allows them to show us that we're weak. That's my observation after 73 years. Tribulations, hard times show us we can't do life on our own abilities and in our own power. They, they show us just how unable we are to do life well in our own oomph. They bring us to the end of ourselves. That's the end of a tribulation. I think that's true. To bring you and I to the end of my abilities, to the end of my wisdom. Uh, And then when we reach at the bottom, and by the way, just as an aside, anybody God used in the Bible, he brought them to nothing before God used them. Look at the whole life of Joseph in the Old Testament. Look at Moses. Look at David. Look at Paul. Everyone before God. God used them, they had to be brought through the school of knowing, I can't do it. I can't do it. But when we end up being weak, then Paul learned the other side of the equation. He said, uh, yeah, I'm weak. But then he said this in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's so cool. Tribulations bring us to the end of ourselves, but they also teach us What we can't do, Christ can do in us and through us if we're willing to trust him and if we're willing to yield to him. So tribulations are not easy, uh, but they create a pathway in and through us where God can move freely and we're not getting in the way and blocking everything up. So Paul wanted to make sure, again, that people could mature. And the last point is Paul raised up leaders. Paul realized if he, he got this group of believers, he just didn't leave them to themselves, say, okay, guys, um, you know, you're you're in Christ. Oh, figure it out. I'll, I'll come back down when I'm circling around again the next time. Paul didn't do that. He knew beyond a shot of a doubt that they needed a leader or they would not grow in their faith or could possibly sink back into the world again. Uh, so basically, that's true. Take Pastor Brennan away from us and our staff, we'd be in bad shape. Uh, We'd be kind of wandering around here and there. We wouldn't have a clear vision and a goal. So Paul basically said that. Notice in verse twenty-three, as we're in the Daniel fast, uh, it says, uh, "When they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they can commend them to the Lord." So the way I see it is before they put a leader in place. They prayed and fast. Why do you pray and fast? Uh, Pastor Brendan said to subdue the flesh, to kind of keep it under. Uh, But basically, uh, we pray and fast also to hear from God, uh, to remove the static of all the world that's out there trying to distract us. Fasting kind of tunes our ears in. So I think what it's saying, before these people were made leaders, Paul said, we fasted and we prayed. So that when we pick the leaders, we got the right people. We just didn't go any, mini, money, money. Well, we need you. We need you. We need you. Okay, go do it. Paul prayed, fasted. God, who are the leaders? Who are the people that are mature enough they can lead the church forward? Uh, and basically, um, Paul pretty much followed up what he says here in First Timothy five twenty-two. He talks to Timothy and he says this. Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and thus share responsibility for the sins of others. Don't lay hands on anybody hastily. In other words, before you, you put a leader in place, pray about it, fast about it, make sure you get the right people. Even Jesus, we don't know that he fasted, but before he chose the 12 disciples, which was so important. Cardinal to his mission forward going forward He spent all night in prayer. What? Praying, Father, who are the right people that are going to lead my church? So again, uh, prayer and fasting is so important. And as we're fasting during the nine-year fast, uh, allow the fasting to to sharpen your ears, your ability to hear God, whether it's for you, whether it's for some issue you're wrestling with in your life, uh, whether it's for a relative. Or somebody else, whatever reason it is, fasting helps you tune into God in a more clear and specific way. And that's really powerful. So that's the deal. Uh, Acts 14, Paul preached the gospel. Two, he always depended on the Spirit, just the way we need to depend on the Spirit to share it. And as he depended on the Spirit, he was bold. Uh, Three, just realize not everybody's going to jump for joy when you share the gospel. Obviously, If you try to do that with some family members or people you work with, not everybody wants to hear it, but that's just the way it was in Jesus' days, and it'll be to the end of time. Uh, And also, we need to realize that, that Paul says, don't remain a baby in the Lord. Grow strong in your faith. Feed on the word. Pray. Gather with other Christians. I think Paul would say that. And by the way, know that in hard times, God is always working a good. And that's to make us more and more like Jesus and the last uh, God raised up leaders. And may the Lord raise up leaders here on the screen. I don't know. Maybe God is calling uh, somebody here uh, to be a leader, to step up, to be a dream teamer. So pray about that. Uh, Maybe God is laying some specific ministry on you. Okay, folks, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Acts chapter 14. And Father, we, we just ask now uh, that your presence would just go with each of us, Lord. We thank you for the tremendous example of the Apostle Paul. Father, for his passion to share the gospel, uh, for his leaning upon the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I just pray for each of us, Lord. Uh, do that for us. Do a new thing for us during this fast, Lord. Give us the ability to have your compassion for people. Uh, Give us, we pray, through the Spirit, your boldness, Lord. Uh, Show us what to do, what to say, uh, and help us, Lord, just to step out of the way uh, as we saw that you can work through us as we give ourselves to you as an open and a willing vessel. So we give you praise. Thank you for all that you're going to do today and through the rest of this Daniel fast. And it's in your name we ask it, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, folks. God bless you all. Have a great day.